Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. If you're here today and you have ever said to yourself, you know, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but I'm hungrier for more. Uh, I have a lesson today that's going to teach you about something that I would call more. And uh, some of you may have been crying out for this. You may have been saying, God, I just want, I want more than I have. What, what more is there? And we're going to open up a wonderful part of the Word of God. And it's amazing. I started Believers in 1983. I was 24. And uh, churches in this community, if you take Trumbull, Mahoning County, the valley, um, there was a lot of division on this subject. Do you know that now, 30 years later, that I, I don't know any pastors that would ever argue this, whether, whether they teach it or not, whether they have it or not. I just don't know any pastors that uh, are fighting about it. It's like God's opened the hearts and the eyes of the church, and it's all about us just being filled with more of God. So I'm excited about teaching this. I'm going to open with a story. Most of you know how I met Jesus. You know, I owned a barbell club, and a guy came up and shared Christ with me, and I made fun of him for months. And then after about three months, he said, turn the TV on. I turned the TV on. It was a Christian show. I listened for an hour. I knelt down. I said, Jesus, I accept you. Then I opened up a Bible. He gave me a Bible. I had never read the Bible in my life. And so I'm like, I, I, I sh I'm a Christian. I should read the Bible now. So I opened it up, and I played Bible roulette. I just thought wherever it opens, that's where I will read. And I opened up to a part of Scripture that I, I never heard. I never knew anything about it. But when I read it, I wanted it. And I was reading in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And I just kept reading it. And here's a couple examples of what I read. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue, and I was reading the King James Bible, so it said other tongues, does not speak to people, but to God. I thought, whoa, you can talk right to God? It says, indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries with or by their spirit. And I'm reading this, and I'm like, wow, God, I don't know what this is, but all of a sudden, I just wanted it. I wanted it. Verse 14 said this, for if I pray in a tongue or another tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I had no idea that I was a three-part being, that I had a spirit. I didn't know any of that. All I knew was Lord, there it is again. I, I'd really like this. This sounds interesting. Um, and then I read verse 18, and it said this, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, I didn't know the, the, the most important person in the New Testament outside of Jesus. I didn't know it was Paul that wrote this. I didn't know who he was. All I knew is whoever wrote this, this letter, they're the ones speaking. I knew that much. And I said, this must be important because they said they, they speak in other tongues all the time. So I'm like, God, I want this. And nobody pushed it on me. I never went to a church that talked about it. I, I wasn't brainwashed. I, I was only a Christian for a couple hours. And I'm like, I want this. So then I had to work. So I go out on the floor and I'm training people. Then I walk back in the office and I open it up again. And I read, God, I really want this. And then finally the end of the day comes. And I have one person left. It was Lou. And he's in the locker room. I locked all the doors. And I'm pacing in my office. And I'm like, God, I want this. I want these tongues. I want them. And then all of a sudden something happened. And it, it won't happen for everybody this way. But all of a sudden something came on me. It was like really crazy. And it was so strong I almost fell down. So I grabbed a countertop. 
and I'm holding onto a countertop, and all I could, could, could hear is I heard words in my head I never spoke, and I felt a pressure here. Finally, I just let go, and I, I received that gift. I, I began to speak with other tongues, and you have to understand, part of me's freaked out. I'm a new Christian. I just read this in the Bible, and I just, when I read it, I said, God, I want it, and then I received it, and I didn't know what to do with it. I drove home that night, and I couldn't stop praying in, in tongues or in the Spirit, and then I prophesied, and prophesying is this. It's when you speak in your known language, so for us, it's English, and it's when you say something, but it's not coming from here. It's like inspired. And I'm saying these inspiring words, and I'm like shocked. And I'm like, God, what's going on? I mean, one minute I'm getting high and, um, and doing all these things, and now I'm a Christian, and then you gave me this. And some of you might say, maybe you smoked too much that day. I don't know. But I didn't smoke that day. So I would have smoked that night, but I met Jesus. So, so I didn't. I didn't. But, but it like changed my life. And I, I want to just talk about that experience. Now, I will say this. Many, I can tell you right now, many of you are, are already spirit-filled. I know the demographic of our church. Um, and some of you aren't. Some of you are visiting. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But I, I'll tell you what. This was the most powerful thing that ever happened to me. And I think sometimes guys like me, God has to do something a little more spectacular. It's like when Paul, you know when Paul accepted Jesus? He was persecuting Christians, and a light came and knocked him down, and Jesus himself talked to him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And then Paul was, became a Christian, right? Um, some of us that are worse, we need a little stronger experience. And then some of us that have a really hard road ahead of us, because I had an entire family that I had to share Jesus with, and, and they fought me like crazy. And so I just think God wanted me to realize I'm real. And sometimes some of you are out there saying, God, are you real? And, and I won't tell you, he's real. And we know he's real through Jesus. But there are gifts that the Bible talks about, and he is really, really will, real. So this is our last lesson in the series, Baptized. And this lesson is about this, how Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. That was lesson one, right? So when you accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit took you and made you one with him. You died with him. You were raised with him. You look like him. You're seated with him. That's some good stuff. And we talked about some other baptisms, but today we're going to talk about this baptism. And it reads like this in Matthew 3.11. John the Baptist is speaking. It says, With water I baptize those who repent of their sins, but someone else is coming far greater than I am, so great that I'm not worthy to carry his shoes, Jesus. And he says, He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Last week we talked about fire baptism, which is hell, and we, we had fun actually, but I told you every time I have to talk about people being thrown into the lake of fire, it grieves my heart because I don't want to see anybody end up there. But Jesus will baptize Christians with the Holy Spirit, and depending on who you are, depending on what church you came out of, what denomination, you've heard all kinds of different takes on this, and I think you'll appreciate my take on it because I've been doing this a long time, and I've learned a lot, and I've, I, I learned, uh, I changed things over the years because I, I'm a real all-or-nothing, right-in-your-face person, and so I did some things years ago that I would do totally different than now, and I, I, I made my first mistake. You know how I just said how I accepted Jesus? I wanted my whole family to become Christians, and so I just went and told all of them, hey, you need to go become a Christian or you're not going to make heaven, 
and uh, they wouldn't listen to me. So then I said, hey, God's real. And I showed them those verses about speaking in other tongues. I said, I, I can speak in other tongues. And I'm thinking it's going to impress them. It horrified them. And they weren't ready for it, you know. And I learned you, you can't force this on anybody. And then my family was uh, in your face crazy at times. And so they just, made, they just start making fun of me. My brother John, who was younger at the time, still is. Uh, John just called me. He <laughs> I was 19, and he, he was, I think, 15. And uh, he just started calling me prayer tongue, but he did it in a really weird way. He goes, prayer tongue, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. And then my brother Tony just would say, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. And my brother Pat, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. But here's the worst part. You would think if you robbed a bank and you went to jail, your mom would never turn on you. But my mom started calling me prayer tongue. She's like, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. And my whole family just went nuts on me. And day after day, every time I walked in the kitchen, I'd hear, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. Did you pray in tongues today? Prayer tongue, prayer tongue, prayer tongue. And they just made fun of me. So one night, one night, I'm really tired. And I'm sitting there. And Tony, my mom, and John are in the room. And they just start prayer tonguing me. And I just stood up and said, stop it. I can't take it anymore. And my brother Tony's like, the old Joe's back. Joe, I'm so glad you're back, you know. And, and I just said, stop. And I go to walk in my room, and John stands in front of me. He goes, pretang, pretang. And, and then I lost it. I used to black out and just lose it and just start swinging. And I, it happened. And I just hit him as hard as I could. He fell down. I jumped on him and just started hitting him and hitting him, hitting him. Tony pulls me off, and he says, Joe, you're back, you're back. And then my, 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 mom, my mom looks at me and says, and you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> and I realized... I went in my room and cried, and I said, God, I'm sorry. And, and, of course, I was only a couple weeks old as a Christian. And I learned you can't force this on anybody. And yet it's in the Bible, so you have to teach about it. And it's amazing as I study the Bible, this is amazing. 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says this. So then, if the whole church gathers together, which means the churches were meeting in homes and they were meeting in connect groups, but there were times when they all came together. It says, and all of you speak in an unknown tongue and outsiders or those who are not gifted in spiritual matters or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? And so I really believe to be a biblical church, you have to realize that when you do a public service, there's a mixture of people in there. And so you have to realize everybody's at a different point, part in their journey. Not everybody's ready for what, where you're at or what you have. And yet you have to teach it because it's real. It's so real. So for all of you that are charismatic, you're spirit-filled, um, I'm going to encourage you to use the gift that you're, you're walking in. For those of you that are not, I just want to talk about it. And when you're hungry and ready, we have tracks for you to get on and you can receive it. And if you're not ready, that's okay. You're not a lesser Christian if you don't have this gift. And that's really important. As a matter of fact, the most spiritual people I know are not spirit-filled. And, uh, and I'm not saying that derogatory towards me or people that are. You can become spiritual without being spirit-filled, uh, spirit but it's an incredible, incredible tool and blessing. So I want you to walk out today, and I want you to remember this truth. The Holy Spirit in you wants to fill you. And you know what? We all have them in us, and I'll show you that in just a second. But you know, he wants to fill you with more of him. So if you're here today and you say, man, I just want more of God, he does want to fill you with more. And that's what this gift is about, filling you with more. And it's really, really cool. But listen to this. This is important. I want you to know it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this. Haven't you yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit God gave you 
and that he lives within you. Your own body does not belong to you. So think about this. If you're in this room and last week you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if it happened last week, the second you did it, the Holy Spirit came to live inside you. And when you leave here today, God's going wherever you go. And when you get up tomorrow, God's in you. It's hard for us to comprehend it here, but you have as much of God in you as you'll ever have. The thing is, he can fill you with, with more. He can fill, fill you with more, and he needs to do that with me. But I don't want you to ever think he's not in you. If you accepted Jesus, he's in you. And the book of Acts, which is the history of the early church, so when we read Acts, it's what God did with the first church. And it's amazing as you read it, uh, this subject comes up over and over. So I want to read two places where it came up. And I want to help you understand something that's really powerful. And Acts 8, 5 says this. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed Christ there. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So you can see I skipped some verses because we just needed these two. All I want you to understand at this point is this. These people accepted Jesus. Can we all agree they're Christians? There is no way Philip would water baptize them if they're not Christians. But what blows my mind is this is Samaria. Samaria was not liked by the Jews because they were half Jews, and there's a lot of history there. So uh, the word gets back to the church in Jerusalem, but God had prepared them, so now they're happy. And you know what they do? They send two of their biggest hitters, two top apostles, to Samaria. And you would think they were sending them there to say, you need to stop sinning, don't do this, don't do that. Here's our doctrine of faith. But it's amazing what they came to do. Listen to verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God or Jesus, they sent Peter and John to them. Now, Here's what they came to do, verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord or water baptism. So I think it's interesting that these guys come all the way from Jerusalem. They're the top dogs. They're running the church. A new group of people have accepted Jesus. These are now not full Jewish people. And the first thing they want to do for them is pray that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That tells me it's, it's, it's a blessing. It's really, really important. It's really, really helpful for our Christian lives. So when I see the word receive, I don't know about you, but when I see it, I think about somebody giving me a gift that I never had and saying, I want you to have this gift. And isn't that how you think when you see the English word receive? But the Greek word here is lumbano, and it means to take hold of something you already have. And that's way different. For instance, um, I own this iPad. And I'm sure a lot of you have pads, different kind of pads, right? And they're, they're awesome. But if you owned a pad and it just sat on a shelf and you walked by it every day for weeks and months, would you still own it? It'd still be yours, right? But... What he's saying here and what this word means is lumbano. That means that I say, you know what? I have this. Now I'm going to take hold of it and I'm going to use it. And every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but these guys prayed for them to receive it or to take hold what they already have. And I love how it ended. Listen to verse 17. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, 
Same thing happened with Paul. Paul is the biggest, heaviest hitter in the Bible. Outside of Jesus, Paul is numero uno. Uh, he wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. This guy was close to God. And listen to what happens, Acts 19, 1 and 2. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he asked them, first thing he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Can, can you all agree that has to be important if he's asking them, did you take hold of the Holy Spirit? He didn't say, hey, your hair is too long. Hey, you know, get that off your ear. And hey, stop dressing this way and dress that way. He just said, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit? I mean, God wants to fill you, man. Have you been filled with more of God? And it's fascinating what happens. Listen to verses 5 and 6. It says, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus, water baptism. And when Paul placed his hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. He came upon them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. This is really cool. This is where the church at Ephesus began. You have the book of Ephesians in your Bible. That was written to the church at Ephesus. That became one of the largest churches in the early church age. They had anywhere from 500 to a million members. And it all started with these 12 people. It started with Paul, water baptizing them, and then praying for them to receive the Holy Ghost. It's absolutely important. If Paul thinks it's important, Peter thinks it's important, John thinks it's important, it's important. Now, where you're at in your spiritual journey, I don't know. You might sit here saying, Pastor Joe, I'm going to take some time and think about this. Pastor Joe, thank you for teaching this. Some of you might be sitting here saying, man, I'm hungry for this. I'm ready for this. And I don't know who you are, and I don't know where you're at, but this is in the Bible, and it's important. So I want to give you um, two of the main reasons I believe God. Why did God give this to me? He surely didn't give it to me so I can argue with people that don't have it, right? Um, uh, here's number one. He gave it for spiritual edification. Listen to this verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. Anyone who speaks in another tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And I like this because God gives us different ways to edify. That word means to charge. And can you all agree that when someone teaches or preaches a good message, um, you feel good? It builds you up inside. So he said, you have to speak in your own language, prophesy, and you can build a whole church up. But he said in your private time, if you pray in tongues, it builds you up. How many of you today in our worship service, I mean, if you, if you sang those songs, can you all agree you felt better afterwards than you did before? That's edification. That's edifying. And so that's what this gift does when you pray in it. Here's some other translations. Uh, I like this one, verse 4. Our, our Living Bible says this, so a person speaking in tongues helps himself grow spiritually. So there's, there's a help spiritually. But I like the message the most. It says, the one who prays using a private prayer language certainly gets a lot out of it. And I like the fact they call it a private prayer language. So if, you, if you're familiar with your Bibles, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible talks about someone speaking out in a group, someone else interpreting what they speak out in tongues and uh, that's for small groups. It won't work in a setting of this size, and uh, that's really awesome, but the Bible says that's not for everybody. Not everybody will have that ability, but anybody that receives this baptism, you can pray at any time, and I like the fact it's called a private prayer language, and that's really where 
It gives you an advantage that's supernatural. And here's the next thing. It enables you and I to pray perfect prayers. And how many of us want to pray perfect prayers, right? I mean, we really need to pray in English. We need to know how to pray. We need to learn how to pray. I pray all the time in English. But I love the fact that I can pray in the Spirit, and I can literally pray a perfect prayer. And here's why. We read this already. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So you're not praying through here, which is limited. You're praying out of here. But then the Amplified brings the Greek out beautifully. Listen to how it interprets this. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit, and it helps no one. And if you were to ask me, what, what's the most precious thing about this gift to you, Joe? I would say the ability to have God pray through me. That's a perfect prayer. And I've, I'm a parent. I raised my four kids. I now have two grandchildren. And I can tell you as a parent, when I was raising my kids, there were times when you know, things were going on in their life, and kids don't always open up to you. You don't always know the whole story. Isn't that true for all of us parents? And uh, it's nice to know I could say, Lord, I'm praying for them, help them, fix it. But then I'd say, Lord, I'm going to pray in the Spirit over my kids. And I know the Holy Spirit was praying perfect prayers. He knows what's going on in their heart. He knows what they're really feeling. He knows what the real obstacles are. He knows the future. So you and I can pray perfect prayers. And if you were to ask me, Pastor, in this church, man, I pray for you guys all the time. And I say, Lord, um, I'm praying, and I ask God to do all these things for you in English. But then I'll say, Lord, I want to pray over all these dear people in the Spirit. And I know God's praying perfect prayers. You know, He knows what's going on in your marriage. He knows what's going on behind closed doors. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's around the bend in the future. I don't know any of that. But when I pray in the Spirit, I can address all of that. And that is absolutely powerful. And I could tell you story after story of that happening. God having me pray for things that I should have never known about. And then I found out later that I prayed those things through for people. That's the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how I led one of my, Gina's grandfather to the Lord. I was praying in the Spirit. God spoke some things to me about him. I prayed some things over him. And I just told Gina, I have to talk to him. And God opened the door. But I know I prayed it all through. And it's just a supernatural, powerful prayer. So if you're here, I want you to know we don't... We won't force this on you. I also want you to know, I don't consider you less a Christian if you don't have it or you don't want it. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, none of, that, none of that is being said here. But if you're here and you say, man, I'm hungry, I want to give you an opportunity to receive. And so we have classes next week. Right when service is going on, you can sign up for these classes. And... Uh, Pastor Bill's going to teach him. He's really gifted in these areas. So he'll do a little teaching like I did, cover some different things. But then he'll allow you to ask questions. And then near the end of the class, if you want him to pray for you, he'll pray for you. If you don't, he won't. Uh, we're not going to lock the door and say, you can't get out till you do this. Um, <laughs> that's not going to happen. You can rest and relax. You know, and if you sign up for this class, or you, maybe you're not even ready to sign up, we have a book that we'll give you too. It's just our gift to you, this book. So it's a free book on this subject. And guys, I talked a lot today about being hungry for this, really wanting this. And I want to show you a scripture that's so powerful. It's so cool. And it reads like this. It's Luke eleven eleven. 
Your father, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Can we all say we, we wouldn't do that with our kids? Now, I must say I like fried rattlesnake better than fish, but, uh, but verse 12 reads this way. Uh, or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful or natural men know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, referring to this gift, to those who ask him? Isn't God good? Don't we serve a good God? And guys, remember my opening story? Do you see what happened in my opening story? I said, God, I want this. And he gave it to me because I wanted it. So I'm going to pray over you right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. And I like what you said in, in 1 Corinthians. For some I planted, others I watered. And Lord, I just thank you for meeting all of us where we're at. And Lord, any person in this room that desires this gift, right now they're whispering to you and saying, I want this gift. Lord, I want to pray over them. And Lord, I pray that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, for some it will be at home. For others, they'll go to the class. But Lord, I thank you and ask you to give them this incredible gift. And Lord, while we're praying, I just pray for every person in this room. And Lord, make us hungry in every area of our life for more of God. And I thank you for doing that in each and every one of us. So can we stand in an attitude of prayers? Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here and you're not sure if you're forever, you're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or to hell, I'd love to pray for you right now. You know, we had communion, the Lord's Supper. And when you do that, you always talk about Jesus died for us. And, you know, he died so you can live. And right now I'm going to ask you, can you remember a day in your life when you made it personal, when you made it real with Jesus? That's a really important question. Um, so right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. You can do all that and not know Jesus, but you can do that and know him. I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you made it real and personal with Jesus? And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but my heart's touched today and I'm ready today to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can we help them pray? Say this after me. Say, Lord God. I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. You may not have felt a thing, but all your sins were washed away. God made you new on the inside, gave you, gave you eternal life, the gift of eternal life. He gave you the Holy Spirit. All that's happened. And again, you may not have felt anything, but you're a new person. And I like this. The Bible says that when one person on planet Earth accepts Jesus, all of heaven begins to celebrate. So right now, God and all of heaven are celebrating. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.